This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. TK. I like this, TK. Yes, the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk get the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move deadly, yeah, get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back 30. Oh, Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads. Dang, go relax. Still at the champ. Diva still coming with the Calibus flow. The Mavs the best on the flow. I'm wild. How's it going, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my Dallas basketball and sports illustrated colleague, Matt Galatson. The Mavs completely destroyed the Golden State Warriors tonight. Um, I mean, Matt, I, that was a really easy game to, to write a recap for. We've got that up on, uh, MavsSI.com right now. Uh, they, <laughs> Luca put up 22, five and five in the first quarter alone. He put up, uh, 35, six and five in the first half. And he eventually got that triple double, which was a second consecutive triple double And he became the first player in NBA history to have a 35-point triple-double in 25 minutes. So, I mean, he's putting up these huge, huge numbers. He's he's doing it quickly. He's doing it efficiently most times. I mean, there's really not much more we can say about Luka Doncic so far. He he continues to play like an MVP player. you know, I, I really don't think this is a hot streak. I think this has just become the normal now. You know, he he worked on his body over the summer, and he's just he's on a roll right now, and it doesn't look like he's stopping anytime anytime soon. <laughs> he's already dead. <laughs> that's that's exactly what happened tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was a complete and utter beatdown, and I loved it. Luca was amazing. Um, I, I, that's like I was watching the game, and that that's like the first thing that came to my came to my mind was just like. And by the way, just I, just for context, because I don't think we've actually said it yet, but the final score was one forty two to ninety four. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was a beatdown. Um, it, it's nice to see because one of the big complaints we had. Um, you know, early in the year was when they played bad teams, they kind of played down to the level of the bad teams. And when they played good teams, they played up to the level of the good teams, but they never really were able to separate themselves from opponents. And we've seen two games in a row. You know, I know, I know San Antonio came down, you know, kind of towards the end, but you know, they were up double digits for most of that game. And, um, and then the Warriors, they just completely blew out of the water. So I, I think they really found their stride tonight. I know the Warriors are terrible, and it's not a huge barometer for success, but like when you lose two games to the Knicks that you aren't supposed to lose, and then you come back and you beat a team that you're supposed to beat like that, you know they they came out of those, those disappointing losses to the Knicks on the other side, and it looks like they've they've kind of figured some things out, and that's really important. Right, and even before that Spurs win, you know they had the defending champs. You know that of course they don't have Kawhi Leonard anymore, and uh, I believe Kyle Lowry was out for that game too, but. You know, you have a, a veteran, basically two veteran teams in the Raptors and the Spurs. Uh, the Raptors have been good regardless of losing Kawhi Leonard already. They're one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. And uh, they don't have Serge Ibaka either. They what now? They don't have Serge Ibaka either. He's been hurt, so. 
Right, and they and they've st- again they've still been really good. You know, one of the best teams in the in the Eastern Conference so far. I believe they're top four right now. So, uh, big win over the Raptors to start out the homestand. Had a big win over the Spurs. You know, I I think if if I remember correctly, the Spurs had won four or five straight games over the Mavs until that until that point. Yep. Uh, and so that that was good to you know get the monkey off their off their back there. And then, you know, like you said, tonight, the Warriors, they only had eight – they only dressed eight players. <laughs> and they were also on the second night of a back-to-back. They they beat Memphis by 20 last night, which after watching tonight, you, you wonder, like, how in the world did, did this team beat the Memphis Grizzlies by 20 points? Because Memphis is really I mean, bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but, I mean, come on. I mean, it – this the Golden State Warriors team that the Mavs played tonight was basically like an expansion team. Yeah, it was. I mean, that, uh, that, it was like Eric it Pascal. Was bad. Is it Eric Pascal? No, I I can't say anything bad about him. That that dude's been good. Well, no, he that's looks, what I'm he's saying. Like a steal. It it was like it was Eric Pascal and the Kai the, Bowman. It it was Eric Pascal and their their D League affiliate basically is what it was. Right. Um, yeah, was, and I, I, I think I, I think, I think I saw uh, ESPN's Tim McMahon. Yeah, I think it was after the first quarter when Luca had twenty-two five and five. He, he said, "Well, I think this answers the question, or something to the effect." He said, uh, "I think this answers the question how Luca would play in the G League." Yeah. <laughs> so, I wonder if those G League guys could stop Luca. No, <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I I know you were being sarcastic there, but no. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. It was great to see, and I mean, it's it's the Mavs' third straight win. I think they have a really really good chance of you know sweeping this home stand going four and zero because they play Cleveland on Friday. They beat them by twenty in Cleveland the last time they played them a few weeks ago, and. Uh, that was the game where Luca put up another massive triple double. It was like twenty nine, fifteen, and fourteen. Uh, so you have to like their chances there. They're nine and five on the season uh, as of right now. I'm looking at the standings. They're sixth in the West, and they could potentially move up to fifth. I think depending on how the you know the rest of these games unfold tonight, so I mean we'll see. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it, this homestand was really important because you know, there was there was challenge involved with Toronto and San Antonio. I know San Antonio has been playing great lately, but I mean they're still coached by Greg Popovich, so you know, they're 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 still a dangerous basketball team, um, and Toronto is always a test. And then you you wanted to see them handle their business against the Warriors and on Friday against Cleveland we'll see but it's they they look like they they've taken some steps but I mean I, I don't want this to come off as you know me being snarky or whatever I still don't think this team is very um very near being complete I don't I think you would agree with that but you know I I still think that there's well, yeah that- there's there's um, things they could do to get better, and you know, just because they're on a hot streak doesn't mean they they can't you know still get better and and, and be aggressive. Um, oh, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I I've mentioned it in uh, one of our previous pods. I can't remember if it was the uh, Orlando or it was the last time you guys heard from us. It <laughs> we were completely devastated from that first Knicks loss. And it was a weird thing, you know, because we we do a weekly podcast. And so it was one of those weird things where the following Thursday they played the Knicks again, and they lost to the Knicks again. And we were just like, you know what? We're we're not even recording tonight because that's going to be too straight. (laughs) We were pretty heated, and we didn't want to give you guys consecutive negative pods. So it was – that's one reason for the, you know, the, the gap here. But uh, it's like I said in one of those previous pods. It, it, that's one of the encouraging signs is that yes, they're they're not as good as they could be. But Matt, look where they're at. They're nine and five. 
<laughs> they're nine and five after fourteen games. Yeah. And there's so much room for improvement. And that's just not even, you know, considering potential trades or anything that they could make later this season. So Yeah, and uh, and I, I think that had they had the one or two ex, you know, extra pieces that we've been talking about potentially, um, not even necessarily like I mean you you had a really good article that you put out uh, about how they could trade for Blake Griffin. I'm not even talking about something on that level, but you know, right. I mean, you guys know who I'm referring to. It, but the, I mean, the point is, had they had that one or two extra guys off the bench, you know, all of their losses have been so close that it's you know, had they had that extra help, they they could potentially be undefeated or very damn near close to it um and right. that that's that's good and it, it a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that you know especially in these last couple of games you, i think you've kind of seen it more than you have at any other point in the season rick carlisle's just kind of you know said you know what this i'm not gonna interfere at all i'm i'm gonna let luca completely take over and do whatever he wants to do and um and it's been great. It it's has. almost like he listened to our last podcast. It has, and uh, you know, obviously there's there's parts of the game where he has to get involved, and you know he's involved in the game plan and all that stuff, and he, you know, he's he's direct. They 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 plan on what Luca's going to do. Luca just doesn't just go out there and go Harlem Globetrotters all over the place. Like there's a there's a purpose behind everything he does, but you know, it's it. Rick has kind of been. Um, a better version of of what he's been it was at the beginning of the season when we were getting so frustrated. The lineups have been more consistent. I think that's been huge. Uh, obviously, Seth Curry was not playing in this game because of an illness, but you know he started three games in a row, which has been very big. Um, you know, we we have a consistent. The lineup is 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 has had a very consistent way of of how the rotations have worked, which wasn't always the case earlier in the year. Um, so it's it's been really nice to see, and they finally, you know, the players feel like they're getting used to playing in, in the in the groups that they're being put out there with on the floor. Um, I do wish Justin Jackson was getting a few more minutes, but that's you know that's another topic entirely. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been. I great. mean, if you know, if they, if they continue to win games, we won't complain as much about that as what we you know what we were a week or so ago, but. I mean, you would like to see him, you know, get a little bit more minutes. And, and, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., he was – he stepped in for Seth Curry as a starter tonight, and uh, he he poured in 20 points uh, on six of seven from the field. He hit all four of his threes. Uh, it's really been – I mean, we've, we've both been critical of Hardaway Jr. Uh, so far this season, but, I mean, it – it's not really – it's basically what we should should have expected all along. He's a really streaky player. You know, he might have a night where he might not hit a shot, and then he might have a night where, you know, he explodes for 20-plus and barely misses. So, <laughs> so I mean, he, he just – he's up to 33% uh, from three right now. So, I mean, it, it's, it's really a weird situation with Hardaway Jr. because – you don't want to put too much stock into plus minus stuff, but if if you look at that, you know those numbers will tell you he's been a positive player this season for the Mavs when he's on the floor, despite you know what our eyes might tell us at times when we see him play. So I don't know. I I think I still think the more comfortable he gets in Rick Carlisle's system. Uh, you know, as long as he sticks to his catch and shoot, you know, shots instead of uh, taking really bad multiple dribbles, uh, multiple dribble shots early in the shot clock, stuff like that. I think if he sticks to the catch and shoot role, uh, he'll continue to increase that efficiency going forward. Because, uh, like I said before the season, I think he could get back to around where he was uh, his last season in Atlanta, you know, before he went to the Knicks. So that, that that's my hope at least. Maybe it won't happen, 
But I, I think the more comfortable he gets, the 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 more of an asset he'll be, and at least he'll at the very least he'll increase his trade value. So. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of we'll that's kind of more where I'm leaning on this whole thing, but yeah. um, you know, if he plays and like I, this, I really, it's I really, fine. to be to be honest, I really hope Seth Curry. I saw something where, yeah, he did have an illness, but he also had like a minor ankle injury. I think is what I saw. So I don't think it's anything serious. Hopefully, he'll be inserted back into the starting lineup. But I mean, we'll, we'll see how it goes next game. Yeah, um, I haven't heard much uh, I assume it's nothing that serious otherwise it wouldn't it wouldn't be described as just you know an illness. And look, I, I, look, I, I'm gonna completely change the topic here because I'm thinking about it but I, I, I don't want us to finish this pod or go into the second half of it with our, our guest tonight with without saying it but Christoph Porzingis he didn't score a lot tonight. You know, he scored 14 points. He was 6 of 14 from the field. But he got 10 rebounds and 2 blocks. And that was his fourth consecutive double-double. He's never done that before in his entire career. Okay, yes. This is so, this is actually something I wanted to talk about, too, that I'm glad you brought up. Good. Because, <laughs> because one of the big knocks on him that, you know, our buddy Kirk Henderson before the season started was like, well, if he could just get 6 rebounds a game, I'll be happy. Well, you know... <laughs> He's done that, and right now he's averaging, uh, after tonight, he's averaging 9 a game, 8.9 a game. And, Which is great. And he's got, you know, so he's, he's basically a 19-9 and nine player. He's got a 16.23 player efficiency rating. And he's averaging, see how many blocks is he averaging? Uh, it's like 2.4, I think. Yeah. So a little under that. Uh, he's doing all the things we want him to do, and and he's really, really come on, especially over these last few games. And he's he still hasn't quite turned that corner, but, man, he's he's right on the cusp of taking that big turn, and you can tell that he's getting comfortable. And once he gets comfortable and makes that turn, he's going to be a scary player. The And the, the, the biggest thing for me with Porzingis is that he, and, I mean, maybe, you know, once he – uh, starts to round into his normal self, you know, what he was before the injury, and he's scoring 20-plus every night and, and all that. Maybe it'll change, but, you know, as of right now, he's been, like, really understanding of what his situation is. He's been very realistic about it. Uh, he doesn't get down on himself. You know, he might criticize himself, but he never gets down on himself. Uh, he's been playing a lot harder here lately, which is great to see. And it's almost like he has accepted, his, you know, the the second best player role on this team. You know, it's not like it's not like a one A one B situation with him and and Luca. It's like okay, Luca is absolutely the best player on this team. This is his team, and I'm the second best player. And I know he's going to get me, you know, my looks and everything. So that that's been great to see too. It's not going to be like a a power struggle between those two going going forward. I I don't think. No, I don't anticipate that. Like you can you can tell when you watch them on the floor that <clears throat> there's times where they're not always on the same page, and that's to be expected. You know, the the two they've only played 14 games together ever. So um, right. they're they're still feeling so each other out. What's crazy about all this? Yeah, and it's there's and there's a few times where KP does look a little frustrated because he's sitting there, and I get frustrated too because he's sitting there open, and it's not just it's not just when Lucas has the ball, but like there's plenty of times where KP's just sitting there open, waving his arms like, "Hey, dudes, I'm I'm open. Give me the ball. Like I'm I'm a, I'm a sniper out here. Just let me let me take my shot," and you know. They'll they'll go. They don't see him. They'll go away from him, and and that'll that'll get cleaned up as as the season progresses. But um, you can tell they really like playing together. And there was one play. There was one play that really stuck out to me tonight, and I really think you know we'll start to see more of it going forward too. But Luca was driving on the right side of the floor. He was driving to the basket, and KP was in the far corner opposite of him. And instead of just standing still in the corner, KP dove towards the basket. And Luca threw up a lob to him. He didn't even have control of the ball. It was like during his dribble. He just like kind of palmed it. 
up towards Porzingis, and he finished the alley-oop. And, I mean, that was, it was such a beautiful play. And I think we're going to start to see more of that going forward. You know, instead of KP just staying still in the corner, if he knows Luka is going to be going all the way to the basket, you know, go 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 in and get you an easy finish like that. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing. The way that Luka has been so aggressive – getting you know he can tell when his shot's not going to be falling so the way he's been so aggressive in getting to the rim this season and getting to the free throw line has been amazing like he's he's so much stronger he's so much more athletic than he was last season because he lost all that baby fat and you can really you can really tell it's made a difference when we had the last time we had will kane on he was talking about how for the Mavs to be, you know, successful this season, for them to make the playoffs, that everybody, you know, aside from Luka and KP, have to play a step up from, you know, what they actually are. And that's one of the benefits of Luka playing like an MVP right now. He's playing so well and he's drawing so much attention that he is – getting all of his teammates really, really good looks. And their confidence is just through the roof right now. So, I mean, that that's what's happening is all these players, uh, aside from Luka and KP, are playing a notch above, you know, where they're supposed to be. And you see the results in the, in the win and loss column. So, uh, that's been really great to see. And uh, I, I think it's sustainable. I, I haven't seen anything from any opponent so far this season, other than that that stinker they they dropped in Denver, <laughs> and they still won. Well, the next team still won. Uh, well, I'm I'm just talking about individual perform like with with Luca. I'm I'm talking about stopping Luca. The Denver game is the only game that I can recall that he you know he was contained. Yeah, I, I don't see how anybody anybody can contain him the rest of this season. Um. The- the only match, I mean, there's certain matchups that I'm still concerned about going forward. One of them's coming up very soon um, on Tuesday uh, against the Clippers. Um, you know, having Kawhi and Paul George is going to be very difficult. But Matt, but Matt, we blew out the Clippers in the preseason. <laughs> okay, thank you, irrational <laughs> confidence guy. Um <laughs> so that's obviously uh, going to be a very tough test. And the, the Clippers, I think, <coughs> um, are probably going to be the worst matchup for the Mavericks all season long of, of any team they face when they're healthy because of those two guys and because of Montrez Harrell. And, um, you know, because obviously Lou Williams is just a nightmare. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see on Tuesday how they stack up with a team like the Clippers because well the the thing that works in their favor against the Clippers is that one Paul George has been out for the majority of the season tonight is just his fourth game of the season he's playing against the Celtics and also the load management situation with Kawhi Leonard you know he's it feels like Kawhi is just playing every other game uh, and so they they they're really not I don't know. They're really not building that much chemistry. Um, they're more beatable than people think right now. That that may not be the case, you know, later this season once they get into the playoffs and uh, all of their guys are playing all the time. But, I mean, you look at their the Mavs, as, as we sit right now, the Mavs and the Clippers have the same exact record at 9-5. and five. And the Clippers are currently down by two to the Celtics. Uh, in the third quarter. So the Celtics have the lose, best record the Mav- in the NBA right now. Right. Yeah, they've been amazing. Uh, uh, they they have, as it turns out, losing Kyrie Irving and adding Kimball Walker was, you know, a great idea. <laughs> but, okay, so, like, if, if the Clippers lose tonight, the Mavs will have a better record than the Clippers. And to me, that, that's crazy. That just speaks to there, – there's more – there's more question marks around the Clippers in the regular season than there is to when they get to the playoffs. You know, they, I think it was, was it you that said in our, our preseason predictions that uh, you, you thought the Clippers would 
you know, be one of the lower seeds or who, who no, said that? No, I, I have them winning the title um, over. I, no, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I didn't mean that. I just meant like uh, I had them winning the title too, but I, I don't, one of us, I, I can't remember who said it, but we had them, you know, not having the best regular season, not the best playoff season. Oh, no, I, I think they'll be the two or three seed because I, I do think it's going to take them a little while to get to get, you know, it won't be until the second half of the season where they really hit their stride. Um, I, I have, I think it was it was it was a pod with Kirk. I think where we talked about it, um, where I think maybe that's think, who I'm thinking. Maybe Kirk said that they, they wouldn't have the best regular season. Yeah, I think he had Denver in first and someone else in second. I I can't remember, but I I, I think he, Houston. I think I think I had Houston as the number one seed and the Clippers as the two seed. Maybe I don't know. I can't remember. Um, eh, it's late, but it it you know it they're they're going to be a dangerous team, and I just just from a personnel standpoint, I'm interested to see how Luca holds up with both of those guys being out there, if indeed they both play. Um, right. Oh, and just just to add a little bit, the as of last night, the Celtics no longer have the best record. It's the Lakers by half a game, but they'll be tied with the Lakers if they can hold on and beat the Clippers, so. Yeah. But still, it's it's kind of crazy how those two teams always become relevant again at the same time. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're always competing with each other, even if they don't want you to think so. What, I still think that the finals are going to end up being uh, the Clippers and the Bucks, but, you know, as as much as – how do I need to say this? As wide open as everything is this season, it wouldn't shock me at all if we, you know, got another Lakers-Celtics NBA Finals. That would really piss me off. <laughs> I don't know. I, I kind of like it. I like the history of it. Well, the history but. can suck it. <laughs> and uh, I saw somebody – I think it was our – I think it was uh, Josh Eberly on Twitter – uh, he he said something about it was kind of cool to see the Mavs and and Heat starting to you know become decent again at the same time too. So it's weird how that all happens. And you know if <laughs> if we ended up with a Mavs Heat Finals this year, we'd both be going nuts, and these pod listens would be going even more through the roof. So let's go ahead and root for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, also, sorry, I had to get had to get that out real quick. Also, I, this is completely off topic, but you know, whatever. It's <laughs> it's a nighttime pod. Um, <clears throat> did you did you see where JJ, uh, like the crowd was chanting, "We want JJ" when the Mavs were up like forty eight <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he, he, he got he, up and pretended yeah, he, to run in, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then Luca just was dying <laughs> laughing. Yeah, he was gonna. He was acting like, "Yeah, I'm going in." He's like, ah, nah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just texted that to me, so I, I didn't. I hadn't seen it before because I was watching the. Uh, I had to work late at, and uh, at my other job, so I was at the office late, and I didn't. I had watched the ESPN broadcast, and they didn't show that. I had to listen to Stan Van Gundy. And it was miserable. <laughs> I don't mind Stan, but like like I told you earlier. I, he he can get off on some of the most random rants that don't matter at all, and that that's when I start to just kind of tune him out a little bit. But overall, I don't mind him. It's it's better than Reggie Miller. <laughs> it's better than Reggie Miller who calls Luka Doncic donk itch. That's what he that's what he said. The I think it was uh, what was that TNT game? Who did they play? Uh, I think it was the it next was, game. Uh, yeah, 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 it was it was the second Knicks loss. He said like that's why the Mavs lost that game is because Reggie Miller kept saying "donk itch" like his butt itched or something like I <laughs> just just so bad. And then you had Marv Albert sitting right beside him saying it correctly, and he was still saying "donk itch." <laughs> anyway. Yeah, and it's it's kind of annoying because they're as far as national broadcasts go. Most of them are pretty terrible. Like all the ESPN ones are terrible. I mean, all the TNT ones are terrible. Um, like the the only announcers that I can think of that I like, like the only one I can think of is Doris Burke. Yeah. Everyone else. I mean, sucks. I, I I I really like the ESPN broadcast. To be honest, I mean, like I said, I 
I every now and then when Jeff Van Gundy does does that thing, like I said, when he you know goes off on these random fouls on three pointers should only count as two points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know that's that's Luca started this game tonight against the Warriors by getting fouled on a three point shot, and that's the first thing that Jeff Van Gundy started talking about was how. He read an article on the Ringer, and he agreed with it that, you know, players getting fouled on three-point shots should only get two free throws. And I'm thinking, like, no. That's the dumbest (laughs) thing I've ever heard. You get fouled on a three-point shot, you get three points. I mean, that's that's just it. There's there's no there's no debate about this. It's just (laughs) it's just dumb. All right. Well, look, we've. We've probably rambled on about way too much, and we've gotten completely off topic. So we're going to probably just, you know, close this half here. Uh, And then, you know, guys, stay with us because on the second side of this, we're going to be talking to our guy Andrew Bishop Jr., a.k.a. 6-6-Drew. He does all of our Mavs Step Back podcast intros, and he has a new album out, his first ever official album called Save My Soul. We're going to talk to him about that too. So, Stick with us. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we're back. We've got a, a, a treat for you tonight. You've probably heard him many times already. He does some great intros for our pod. Uh, we feature some of his music on here, give you guys a little preview when he's working on something new. It's Andrew Bishop Jr., a.k.a. 66 Drew. Drew, how are you doing tonight? Man, I'm good. How about you? I'm doing good. I, Matt and I, we we always feel a lot better doing these pods, especially after the the Mavs get a a big win like they did against the Warriors tonight, and they're they're on a three game winning streak, and uh, they're nine and five on the season. Everything's good right now, so we're doing good. Matt, doing great, man. <laughs> um, long day. It's nice to have an easy win. Um, I'm excited to talk to Drew about his new album, which is banging. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good night. So Drew, just to get, just to get a couple of, you know, Mavs thoughts in here from you. I mean, what, what have you seen from the team so far? And I mean, what, what do you think their ceiling is this season? Honestly, man, they look real solid. You know, they they look they look real solid. I think uh, after after Dirt retired, and you know I'm a big Luca fan now. So after Dirt retired, you know them get another European player and Luca Doncic, man, it just like like they picked right off like they they picked right up after uh, Dirt left. Right, they didn't really lose really <laughs> a step in that in that area. But uh, some of the guys that I've liked so far personally that I've always kept an eye on. Uh, Jalen Brunson, Tim Hardaway Jr., and uh, Justin Jackson. Right. I, I like those three players, man. I like to see them play. Yeah, but Luca is definitely my favorite, man. Yeah, it, it. We were talking about it earlier today too. I mean, it's really crazy. You you go from you go from Dirk to Luca pretty much overnight. There's no space in between. I mean, Mavs fans are like. And that's about as lucky as you can get. So I mean that that's great. Uh, the players you mentioned they've uh, they've had a good season so far. I'll say this about Tim Hardaway Jr. If you look at the box scores, I mean he's he's been more of a plus than anything this season, despite having some really really bad shooting nights. But it's like you know he he's a streaky player. So you know he he went one game one of the last few games he didn't even make a shot. And then, you know, tonight he went six of seven from the field and made all four of his three. So, I mean, when he when he's hot, he's hot. <laughs> and uh, I saw somebody joke tonight, and Matt, you can chime in on, on this one, but uh, I think it was my guy Josh Bowe over at Mavs Moneyball. He, <laughs> Seth Curry, he didn't play tonight because of an illness. And he had been starting, I think it was like three or four games in a row he had started at shooting guard. And Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, started at shooting guard tonight, and he said, "Well, Seth Curry is not starting again for the rest of the season now." <laughs> hey, I mean, 
you know, Tim's a Tim's definitely a Rick Carlisle guy, so Josh might be onto something there. But he played really well tonight, so I mean, given how streaky he is, I wouldn't I wouldn't expect you know this every single night. But if he can continue playing this way, you know, I mean, he was plus thirty three. I mean, it was a blowout, so everybody was plus whatever, like plus a million. But at the same time, it's like it's it's nice to see him play that well because he he's he's. When he's on, he's really hard to stop. Yeah, when, when you when you win by 50, I mean, everybody's plus minus is going to be up there. But uh, he's gotten his three-point shooting up to 33% on the season now. So I said before the season it needs to be around 35 uh, for him to get, you know, a good bit of consecutive minutes. So he, he's getting there. Uh, he started out pretty slow, but he's getting there. And, you know, Drew, you, you – who did you grow up rooting for? I know, you know, you're an MFFL now and you're a big Luca fan and uh, the the Mavs fan community has, you know, just embraced you and your music over the last, what, three, four, five months now. And, I mean, I'm just curious about, like, when you were growing up, I mean, obviously you, you saw Dirk from time to time, but who were you a, a fan of growing up? Uh, it's hard to say because I never really, uh, I never really became a fan of a certain team. I did become an, I mean, I guess, I mean, I liked OKC for a little while, but I was more interested in like certain players rather than, you know, just, you know, right. the whole team. But I can tell you a few players that I've enjoyed watching other than, you know, Dirk. Uh, Kobe Bryant is definitely one of the uh, players I love watching. Derrick Rose before all the injuries. Uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, I like LeBron's post game and stuff like that. Right. And those are just uh, and of course I watch Dirt too and uh, Kevin Garnett that whole and that whole uh, can't think of the right word for it. Era, but that, whole, but that whole little era of the uh, Celtics greats around the 2009, right? About around 2009 time. Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, that group. Yeah, I like that group, man. I used to like to watch them. Me and my dad would always watch them. But those are just a few players that I've liked, you know, watching. And even when I was, you know, still playing basketball competitively, I love to like try to model some of their aspects, man. Yeah, yeah. I'd, that that was such a great time in basketball, and don't get me wrong, I I I still watch a ton of NBA basketball today, and I, I like a lot of different players, not just Mavs players. I, there's other players I like around the league too, but uh, and I, I like you know the way the Mavs are playing right now and the style and all that, but it's just hard to beat that era of basketball where you had all those greats you know, going at it. And there was a lot of, you know, really intense playoff battles. And, I mean, it was just a great time. And it, it, it's it's a real big part of my childhood. So, uh, Matt, what about you? Well, I mean, obviously I've been a Dallas guy forever. But, you know, I, I went to college in Mississippi. so And I, I was there for longer than the four years that I was supposed to be. And um, I'm right there with it's you, really, man. It's it's. <laughs> It's really interesting, you know, living there for a little while, getting the feel of uh, how people there are about their sports, and every it's it. I really enjoyed it because everybody there has a different team or they have a different player that they follow. Like, you know, being in Oxford because I went to Ole Miss, like, you know, they everybody was a giant or not everybody, but a lot of people were Giants fans because of Eli, or they were right. Saints fans because of Deuce McAllister and Archie. Or, you know, people were St. Louis Cardinals fans and Tennessee Titans fans and Braves fans. And so it, it was it was cool, you know, because, you know, obviously they don't have a professional sports team there. and But it, it what it does is it creates this kind of environment that, you know, everybody's very different in their, their who they cheer for and their, their taste. I mean, obviously when it comes down to college, everybody's Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or Southern Miss pretty much. Um, to the top. But I but – I, <laughs> but I but I really I really enjoyed it and um, you know I got to kind of because they don't play the Cowboys there either they don't really play the Mavericks there on TV so I got to watch a lot of other teams that I wouldn't have normally watched um, but like I mean growing up I was a I was a Jordan fan obviously because that was my era because I'm older than both of y'all significantly 
and uh, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> um, and then obviously Dirk because he's just the goat. So yeah, it's really funny because like with me, I I was a really big basketball fan first. You know, I it wasn't until around I was like nine, ten years old that. I really started paying more attention to the Mavs. You know, I had seen them from afar, but, uh, you know, I was born and raised here in Mississippi. And then, uh, you know, my first ever Mavs game was that 2005 uh, Western Conference Finals. It was game five with the Suns and the Mavs. And it was Dirk versus Nash and, you know, that that great rivalry. And I think that was the night Dirk – put up 50 points <laughs> in game five and I was up in the nosebleeds and I was just like, man, this, this is crazy. So that, that's, that's when I got hooked on the Mavs. And, but like I said, I've been a basketball fan my whole life. I appreciate uh, all the great players that have come through. And I mean, it, it, it's really fun to get to talk with, you know, different people and see what their, what their background is in, in that respect. So Drew, uh, we're glad you talked with us a little bit about that, and uh, now we're going to move on to some music stuff, because uh, as most of you guys know, because we've been, you know, retweeting it from the pod account and our, our own personal accounts on Twitter and everything, but uh, Drew just released his first official album. It's called Save My Soul. Uh, it's got the, the track Luka Doncic on there. Uh, which you guys have heard a little bit of. We play it on the on the pod sometimes. So, uh, Drew, just talk to us a little bit about your album and you know where the inspiration came from and uh, how how does it feel to have your first official album out there? Because I mean, like Matt said at the beginning, it's really really good stuff. Oh uh, man, it feels feels great, man. I'm just still been working like crazy in the studio and stuff, but the inspiration came from, I don't know, man, we just had the, I was just in the studio one day and, uh, just came to me, saved my soul. Cause like, you know, when it comes to the music industry is no, is really no secret of how dirty it can be. Right. So it's basically saying, you know, even though I'm representing the good side, and even though, you know, I, I'm good, I'm a good person myself and I have good intentions myself, it's basically just asking God to, you know, save me from all of the bad stuff that's about to come with the good stuff that I'm going to attain. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It's a, so yeah, basically, that, that's kind of the concept. And that's, and that's one thing I really, you know, respect about your music. It Not only is it... Not only is it just fire, like it's really, really good stuff, but I mean, it's also, you know, like you said, it it has more meaning to it. It's not just, you know, mumbling and like you can tell you actually put a lot of work into your lyrics and put a lot of thought into it and it, it's personal and I mean, it, it's just really great to hear and uh, I mean, I, I personally think you're going to continue to, you know, keep soaring up and we're glad we've, you know, connected with you at the beginning of this year. It's been a crazy ride. So, uh, I mean, I, I wish nothing but the best for you going forward, Matt. Um, yeah, that's, I, uh, I, I don't really know what to say about the album that you guys already didn't say. I mean, it's great. Obviously I'm a little biased towards the Luka Doncic track because I mean, I get a shout out. So like, how, how can I, how can I not? Y'all go listen to nowadays. I think that's probably my favorite track on the album. If I, if I had to pick, yeah, I mean, if, well, if I had to I pick mean, one right now, I'd pick nowadays. So y'all go, y'all go check it my, out. If, if my name was in nowadays, it might be my favorite, but my name is in, in Luka Doncic. So I'm, I, I can't, that's my favorite, but that's my, that's my favorite thing about, about Drew's music is, you know, a lot of the, I mean, I don't consider myself an expert necessarily on music in general, but I listen to mostly rap music, and I'm not always a huge fan of what people put out today because a lot of it's what you know they call mumble rap, and I, I hate right. mumble rap. I think it's I think it's terrible, and a lot of the new artists that come up are you know are, are into that kind of stuff, and it just it drives me crazy. But Drew's stuff is is real. It's lyrical. It has a meaning behind it. Um, and it's, it's, it's something that a lot of people aren't putting out, you know, it reminds me of, 
you know, all these other artists that I actually enjoy listening to, like Logic and Eminem and, you know, um, just any anybody like that. It's 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 real music, you know, J. Cole, all that stuff. It's there's meaning behind their music. And you can tell that, you know, there's there's real message behind what Drew's saying and he's telling a story. And I really enjoy stuff like that. Yeah. And, and but uh, I want to I want to give props to the three producers that uh, helped me produce it, man. Well, well, they produced it for me. They produced the album. Uh, my producer, Cortland, goes by noon. My other guy, Rick, and my other guy, Titus, it goes by Tokway. I want to give him a shout out, man, because I couldn't do the project alone, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's a really good album, and I, I can't stress enough how you know, how I want the people listening to go give it a listen. It's on all the major platforms. It's on Spotify, Apple Music, you know, pretty much anywhere you can find it. it it's going to be there. But uh, I think the I think that nowadays track that I like so much, it, it, is Rick the one that, that produced that one? Yes, sir. Rick is the one that produced that one. Yeah, yeah. That, I don't know, man. I just, for whatever reason, I just, I can't stop listening to that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah it's one of my favorites too on the album but other other than that i mean what what can we expect you know going forward i mean is there is there more new music on the horizon or uh, when 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 would you expect to you know do a second album because i know this stuff doesn't happen overnight and then you know there's months and months of you know work put into it uh when can we expect a, a follow-up album uh it's hard to give a time frame. I want to say next year, right around summertime. That's what I want to do. But uh, we do have a new artist that we're working with on Team Seven Hundred Seven, so we're getting his album uh, made and put together right now. And we're also working on another album for the uh, label with you know a lot of different artists that we don't usually work with. So. Yes. Once all that is out the way, you know, and the commotion dies down from those two, you know, I'll look into working on another one. Yeah, I, I, a 6-6 six, six Drew summer album just sounds amazing to me. So I, <laughs> so I, I, I really hope that, that that happens. But Hey, Drew, I actually have, I have, actually have a challenge for you on your next album. You need to try and rhyme my last name. <laughs> fit, fit, fit my, fit, yeah, fit my, fit my last name into a song and make it rhyme. Galatson. <laughs> okay, well I, <laughs> but. Flexion, Paxton. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay, so he's. Rhyme, all right, so he. That's not going to be too much of a challenge. <laughs> it looks like. But look, Drew, we we appreciate you coming on with us and talking with us for a little bit, and we'll definitely have to have you on in the near future too. But. We wanted to just have you on and talk a little bit about the Mavs and this new album and, you know, just kind of kind of let the fans, you know, hear you talk for a little bit because they hear you rap all the time, but they don't get to hear you talk a lot. So this, this has been nice. We appreciate you coming on with us. <laughs> Thanks, man. And I got to say one more thing. Y'all have seen me tweet it for like, like two or three times. But I'm going to leave this with all Mavs fans nation, man. Luka Doncic is a future Hall of Famer, man. No doubt about it. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, I'm right there with you. I, I don't think there's any doubt about it, especially when you consider his uh, his overseas resume and what he's doing right now. I I don't think it's a question. I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> hey, w- did you guys see my tweet earlier tonight? No. What'd you say? It's it's pinned on my profile now. I'll, I'll read it. I'll read it to you. It says. Whenever Luca retires, he'll be considered the greatest player to ever play the game. Oh. Hashtag write that down. Oh, oh! So you you took it one step further. <laughs> I, I, I I did. I was just watching him play, and I, I couldn't help myself. Okay, well, listen. I'll give you this: if he can win the Mavs six championships like MJ did for the Bulls, then I'll be right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's real good, man. He's only 20, and he's, like, putting up, you know, triple doubles, like, night after night, man. I mean, like, you don't you don't see, like, that's once in a generation type of player, man, once in a decade, I'll say. 
And he's doing it. The thing with him is he he does it with such relative ease too. Because it's like I, I saw it tonight. Mavs PR tweeted out that uh, he became the first player in NBA history to put up a thirty-five point triple double in twenty-five minutes of of playing. So no player has ever put up that that kind of stat line in the little amount of time he was out there. So not only is he putting it up, he's doing it efficiently and fast. And <laughs> it's just crazy to watch him watch him work out there. But we've got a, a good long season ahead of us still. Uh, the Mavs are uh, they're about a f- getting close to a fourth of the way through. And, uh, you know, they've got a, a really, really good chance to make the playoffs for the first time in three years. And it'll be fun. But, Drew, again, we appreciate it. Uh, we're going to let you take off now. We won't hold you any longer, but again, we'll have to have you on in the near future. We appreciate you talking with us, man. All right, man. Thank you all so much for the opportunity. Yes, sir. We'll talk to you later, man. Have a good one. Later, Drew. All right, everybody. Again, that's our guy, Andrew Bishop Jr., a.k.a. 66Drew. Be sure to go check out his new album, Save My Soul. Uh, he does all of the Math Step Back podcast intros. Uh, He does great work there. Uh, You guys have heard him before, and now you get to hear him talk tonight. And um, the Mavs got a big win too, and they're nine and five on the season. And uh, they'll try to finish this homestand four zero against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday night, a team that they blew out by twenty the last time they played them. So, guys, we appreciate it. Come back and listen to us next week. We have a really special extra pod for you tomorrow night with a special Mavs guest. We'll see y'all next time. Uh, a lot of times feel like I was on the road to nowhere. Tell me why all these people up in my face acting like I know them. Feeling like Luka Doncic, rookie of the year, I'm the coldest. God speaking through me every single track where I fit like Moses. Asking why I gotta wait till I'm dead to go and get my roses. Feeling like Mavs 2019, grinding unfocused. I used to go to bed at night, this current so hopeless. Went through the same pain, my friends chose drugs to cope with. Now I'm reading all these hating comments, man, it got I'm in motion. I had to whip up the potion, I ain't even with the boasting. I was just broken, way down to my lowest. Getting swallowed by them locusts, letting God do the coaching. I had to go through a lot, just to realize that I'm chosen. Carry away, felt like boulders, all of those slams shut. Had to bulldoze them, name a rapper dude who can see me over wax. I'm just trying to spit the facts. Where I spit my flow, people telling me relax. I just get it double back. I just get it double back. They still ask for more and I gave them my last. Can't never seen to let go of the past. And that's sad, uh. I just sit back and reflect. Oh my god, they really feeling the kid. Family calling on the phone. Almost a star. True, look what you did. About to put silk right back on the grid. Go kill a beat, then go listen to trick. Turn on my phone and I listen to Matt. Headphones in, sit back with a grin. Of a profit, I don't care about the profit. I'm just teaching like a prophet. I'm just preaching like a prophet. Staying tall like I'm dodging, sleeping on me like pajamas. I'm just trying to fill up my wallet. But what you call it, uh? Profit trying to make a profit, uh? Everybody wanna live lavish and ball, but got no clue what it costs. I done helped a lot of people, but when I'm down, I ain't got no one to call. Had to get up and throw my feelings in the trash. Man, my heart was getting mauled. Walking on this thin roadway to my goals. Man, they praying I fall off. I ain't feel never hate. Best rap band.